Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double One Radio Gamescast. This is episode number 23. We're chugging along. We got some news to talk about. A smattering of very different things this time. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by a nice little rogues gallery that includes Ben. That's me. Tess. What's up? Brett. We're, we are rogues now, I guess. And Wyatt. It's a me. Thematic. <laughs> yeah, we're talking I about Mario. Because <laughs> we did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah good, good callback to five minutes ago. Took me uh, all week to come up with that. Yeah, all week. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. So we do a new thing at the start of the shows. Now we used to do a game. I don't think everyone's been here since we swapped over. Now we do awards. All right. We do a nice little award show. And last week we did the Double One Radio Games Cast Greatest Game Award 2020 Edition Week Two, in which Dreams is the current holder of the title. But this week, we are not going to be doing the Greatest Game Awards because, you know, we want to wait a little longer so we have a lot of contenders for the end of the year because we're, like, only two-thirds of the way through the year. Uh, and Cyberpunk is probably going to take it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That means this week we are instead doing the Double One Radio Worst Beta 2020 Edition. <laughs> there is only one nominee in this category. <laughs> and it is called Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Man. Unless Does anyone has count? surprise nominees, you know, surprise nominees for a bad award. <laughs> I'm I'm I, thinking so hard for this year. I don't even think I've played a single See, Mortal Shell had a beta, but Mortal Shell's beta was good. So Yeah. We can say people... it's in this award category, but it's not really nominated because there's no one that's gonna say it was bad. Yeah. So. I can think of so worse. many examples, but none of them came out this year. Yeah, most of them <laughs> yeah. aren't from this year. A lot of them are, are from last year or the year before. So that means by default, Marvel's Avenger <laughs> <laughs> is winning probably the only award it should right now. The a double on radio games cast worst beta twenty twenty award. Dude, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. People are loving that game, and I'm not even joking. Like, well, no, I'm talking about the beta, about though. This was the beta. Just the beta. This is okay. why we're saying the beta is the worst, because they chose bad parts of the game to show. And A beta? Yeah, they, they didn't show what the game was good at, which apparently it's good at quite a few things. Not everything, but a few things. A beta, that's, known. a beta that is so bad, it won the worst of the year award, not by its lack of merit or even its merit, just by existing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's how bad By it being is. the only really bad beta this year, this year. I'm sure there probably is something else, like an internal beta that's really bad, but... But pu public. The, the biggest, this is definitely the highest profile bad beta. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll get another yet. contender for this category before the end of the year. Maybe we will. As Let's of right now, though... not. <laughs> Let's hope not, but as of right now, Marvel's Avengers has taken it handily. Little round of golf claps from Avengers. Some some poetry snaps. Yeah, some poetry snaps. Alright. So, I can't snap, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is the Avengers critical reception. Because it's a pretty easy thing, I think, to get out of the way early on, before we get into the meat of the Mario stuff and NVIDIA tech and all that jazz. We have a few small things from, from Marvel's Avengers that have made it get a much higher critical reception than I think Wyatt or I specifically expected. Um, I think everyone else here is probably not expecting great things from this either. Yeah. 
but it is getting, I don't want to say very positive, but it's getting like middling to positive reviews. Which is more, again, more than both of us were expecting. Yeah, uh, because like, I think it's important here, the beta archives are uploaded, you can watch them, and it was a train wreck. Like, Wyatt and I were both having tons of bugs, and they were completely separate bugs. Like, we were both and, having awful experiences, but for completely separate reasons, and that's super and, concerning. And after two hours of playing the game, we were never able to play a game together. The matchmaking was just... Yeah, it was completely broken. Um, and yeah, in general, it just wasn't working. So, I don't know. I feel like that was... A, there's been a lot of articles coming out now about why that's a good proof of why sometimes betas are not the best idea. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just so confused as to why that's what they decided to show <laughs> build from january because <laughs> the thing is like if they said that was a build from january and then showed us the final game i would almost believe it like it's, having yeah having watched some gameplay of the final version i think a uh, important note here none of us i think have bought avengers I'm not um, look it, even after the reception yeah. i'm not doing it I'll, I'll probably pick it up when it's on sale for like 20 bucks because i think inevitably it will be wait so the one that you guys played was from january no, 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 that was a joke. joke. Yeah, that, that's that. A but joke. It, it totally could have been. We we don't. Well, yeah. It could have been from January. We really don't know. But it was so um, polished. Like in some areas, it was so polished visually. I think like, my my best didn't... bet is probably that this was meant to be like an E3 show floor demo to show to journalists, and that it was just super unpolished. Because like it was around E3 times this year. I'm sure they probably had something put together. Uh, I feel like that's what happened, uh, or the, something along the... those lines. The thing that's interesting, though, and I, I said this, I think, when we talked about this, uh, was it one or two episodes ago? But what I said, I, I was thinking a lot about, like, if I didn't have any technical issues, if the game, if the game didn't have such overbearing, like, visual effects and stuff, would I still enjoy it? And I was thinking to myself, like, maybe, sort of, as like a baseless yeah. itch, but not like anything that I would want to you know sink hundreds of hours into like it was very basic yeah and that's what reviewers are saying they're saying the the campaign is written extremely well like i've been hearing great things about the campaign and it's really? fun yeah like apparently it's very good and we were correct when we were playing the beta we were like it feels like there's just a big chunk of game missing here there is there's a giant okay. chunk of game missing between the tutorial bit and then the actual next part uh that's in the final okay. game so the beta just was weird and yeah, it showed some strange parts of the game, and people have been a lot more positive about it now. Uh, they're also a lot more positive about how the heroes play once you have them leveled up and unlock actual abilities. Like, because every hero had has three skill trees, and in the beta you could only see one, and so it wasn't really clear what the others would be. They're just as detailed as the first one, and they have tons of options for what to do. So there's a lot more build variety. There's a lot more like actual gameplay progression and none of that is gated behind any kind of like microtransactions or, or any monetary stuff uh, and to and, be clear yeah we, we uh ryan and i we did see some potential like there were some characters that were a lot of fun to play the like stand cap up was both a lot of, of fun cap was great i wanted a whole game on cap actually because i just thought his his mechanics were great yeah and i the, the, the like 10 minutes i played of iron man were cool but yeah uh, Kamala felt iffy. I, I don't think she was bad. It's just not my kind of character. Hulk was terrible. But Hulk, Hulk. yeah, Hulk was wet noodle boy. Yeah, <laughs> wet noodle. Dude, Hulk. you gotta hit someone like six times as Hulk to knock a robot out. And I'm like, Hulk should be taking out whole crowds well, yeah, of people at once. That's yeah. kind of what what uh, Ben mentioned. It's something I hadn't even thought about, but it's totally true that like some of these characters 
like you, you have to try and fit them within like a similar design yeah. in a way and you just can't do that with some of these characters like hulk should play very different it, it's why hulk is not in every marvel movie right because yeah. he's a different thing it's why like thor disappears for a lot a while but it aside from just like licensing out actors it's also has to do with like narratively you need to not have these characters there or else they could just completely trivialize Man. threats yeah it's like superman in any story ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got to be off been... in a distant corner of space <laughs> doing something else right like this guy he's got to yeah. be fighting something else yeah. uh and it, having hulk be playable in the same context as well, hulk and thor be playable in the same context as black widow and mm -hmm. hawkeye is a little bit like I, I like those four characters a lot individually, but they are some of them are street level, some of them are much bigger threat level, and it doesn't feel good to reduce everyone to a street level person like Batman. Because like right. everyone loves the Batman games, they're great, but they're a certain kind of enjoyment, and Hulk is, does not fit with that. No. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not what you expect out of Hulk. Um, but I have been hearing better things about a lot of it, especially once you get rolling in the skill trees. And get your cool stuff unlocked. Uh, I still don't agree. Note, I still don't agree with with the the loot kind of system that they have yeah. here. Yeah. So a lot of the confusion, or not confusion, a lot of the like mixed reception is coming from the fact it seems like Crystal Dynamics wanted to make a good narrative focused Avengers game, and Square Enix's uh, is presumably like economics or whatever department was handling that producers wanted it to be like this looter shooter weird combination of things and it's just like marvel doesn't really work as a looter shooter no it doesn't it's it's weird it's almost like crystal dynamics developers of the uh of the most recent uh tomb raider games are really good at making narratively driven yeah. linear action games that's so weird and then of course there was like the whole performance issues with the beta have been sorted out and that was that's the have thing they? that stuns me yeah they have that's the thing that I've, stunned I've, me because Wyatt and I had like so a, many issues. I've, I've definitely seen gameplay from people playing like the release version of a game where it was still a mess. It's still a little bit choppy, I think, but it's like the visual glitches and stuff just were weird. Like th those aren't happening now. Uh, the frame rate is, I think, like a lot steadier from what I've been watching, at least on, on the pro editions of consoles. I think the base ones are still pretty rough. I do know the PC version is much better than it started out during the beta because apparently the PC version had some huge issues. I'm assuming the the big thing for me, the motion blur was horrible, and it made it it just made it really difficult to yeah. tell what was going on. Sometimes I wonder. I don't know. I don't think you can turn them off in the console version unless unless I'm mistaken. But I'm yeah, it's it's usually something that they have in PC that you can turn off. So hopefully <laughs> you can there. Yeah. All right. So I think the the last thing to mention, we did talk briefly about Avengers having uh, the ten dollar character battle passes. Important note: those are only going to be for new characters. That's not the characters that already exist. So it's a little bit less scummy. It's still scummy, but it's not quite. You need to pay another sixty dollars to get all the content in the game that you're being given. It's a lot of money for a system, uh, and you can earn. I think all of the the cosmetics in game. It's just through like vendors that require grinding. So you can earn the stuff. It just takes forever, and you may not get the thing you want. From what I'm hearing, like it's on like a rotating schedule or something. So yeah. I don't think I'll ever agree with a paid battle pass and a paid. Yeah, I I don't. I would get it for the new characters if it was like you pay for a season pass and you get the new characters and their passes for like twenty bucks, right? 
but this is they're planning to do like a, a lot of new characters for this game they've already announced they're doing like ant-man they're doing uh hawkeye and kate bishop they're doing uh we presume black panther so yeah we're getting a lot of weird character not weird characters but a lot of characters with a lot of battle passes that are going to cost a lot of money so <laughs> yeah it's it's a weird situation uh, i think this is definitely a game we'll have to see what the reception is going forward Mm-hmm. And I say this with all types of like, it's not a looter shooter, but it's a very similar uh, kind of setup to that. It always comes down to how many times am I asked to do the same thing? Yeah. You know, like how can they keep the grind from not being totally soul crushing like it is in Destiny? For and I think the reason a lot of reviewers are having a good time with this is they know they don't have to grind because they play the game for review, they play the story, they play a bit of the multiplayer, and then they're done, right? Mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people are probably looking for this to be a, a Destiny-like experience that they're playing tons of, uh, and that's likely not what's going to happen. We'll have to wait. It just doesn't have that, that amount of content yet. But in the future, it might. Like, it, it's all, it depends on what Crystal Dynamics does going forward. Um, and there is something else to talk about. This is not directly Avengers news, but it is sales numbers. So we have some sales numbers for the week. At... Uh, place number three, I believe we had Crusader Kings three, um, which is doing well, and that's good sales numbers, especially if it's doing. Uh, we don't have exact numbers. But we have like the rankings in the UK of what games are doing the best. So the the launches this week was uh, oh it wasn't Crusader Kings it's NBA two K, so NBA two K eleven is the third best. Tony Hawk is second. And uh, now Marvel's Avengers has taken first place, which sounds good, but important note, it has no competition right now, and it is selling about as third, a third as much as Spider-Man PS4 did in its launch week. So it's having a rough go, <laughs> at least comparatively. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's the, the, the horrible thing about AAA games now is that they, I mean... We were just talking before we started this episode. We were just talking about the uh, um, uh, that wrestling game that EA just made, where you know they released the game, it got reviewed, and then they added in like advertisements, like you know a few weeks after launch, after the game's already reviewed. And now that more developers are starting to pull crap like that, I always, when a game like this first comes out, I'm always super hesitant because I'm waiting for something like that to happen, and I don't know if yeah if uh, you know. I, uh, Square Enix has a has a history of that or not, but I'm always cautious of that now because it's such a scummy thing to do. Yeah, so. and uh, good news for Tony Hawk fans: the game got excellent reception. It's it's swimming in in good vibes, and I've been playing a lot of it. It's excellent. If you played Tony Hawk games before and you want to relive them or just play them for the first time, new remaster is great, and it is doing 448 percent better than the last game in the series. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's doing oh pretty well. It's uh, an apology. It's an apology, honestly. Yeah, it's also by a different studio. Vicarious is handling this version. Hello. Yeah. Sorry, you, I, you put, I put my plate in the sink, so I thought I would announce that I was back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Des. All right. So yeah, Tony Hawk's doing well. Um, the last game was in 2015. Sold terribly. This one's selling a lot better. Less than Avengers, but that's to be expected because Avengers I is a huge IP. Tony Hawk. Yeah, the new, Not the game, it's just new game the is man. great. Uh, just the man. Tony Hawk is in it. 
<laughs> he's such a meme. He always talks about how people are always like, oh my god, you look like Tony Hawk. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's his entire Twitter is Tony Hawk uh, just... talking about people thinking they vaguely recognize him, but then yeah, them but not like, realizing he's actually Tony Hawk. Hey, you look like that skateboarder, dude. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> it's very funny. Poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our that's our sales news. Uh, past the top three, NBA 2K is doing okay. Not great. Yeah, that's NBA. I don't think anyone Nobody. here plays NBA. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I don't think any human on Earth Tyler. anymore plays NBA. Yeah, but Animal Crossing is still in fourth position. As it, sh- as it should be. Yeah, Animal Crossing is still going very strong. Uh, and then after that, this is the surprising one. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe <laughs> is the next one. I have a feeling that's something to do with the Mario Direct happening. Maybe. Like people getting Mario back in their minds. I'm like, ooh, I want to play that. that it is sense. a good game. So Yeah, 8 Deluxe is sense. excellent. Mario Kart that's is weird. like the only Mario games that I've ever actually kind of enjoyed. Well, I'm just surprised but... because it, the game came out long enough where it's like, if you want Mario Kart, you probably own it at this point. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird that more people are getting it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, part of it's that Nintendo games tend to not devalue because they almost never go on sale, and if they do, it's only for like 10 bucks off. So people will still <laughs> buy them at full price, uh, which leads to a lot of stuff like this, like Animal Crossing still going strong. Animal Crossing, I'm sure, has like blown expectations out of the water at this point. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. it's like so much better than anyone really thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've gotten past our our like critical reception news. Oh, aside from Crusader Kings three, which also just launched and is getting extremely high scores. Yeah, because it's really good. It's one of the top rated games of the year. It's one of IGN ten out of tens. To be fair, they give those out like candy, but still. <laughs> It's it's been doing really well with a lot of other reviewers. So if you're into that kind of like really deep grand strategy and you have games pass on PC, it's on there. Play it. It's a lot of fun. Alright. So we got some other small news I want to get over before we get into the Mario stuff, because the Mario stuff is fun, right? But what's not fun is a man named Mike Z laying off all of Lab Zero games. <laughs> So for people who don't know who Mike Z is, uh, or Lab Zero, Lab Zero is the company behind Skullgirls and Indivisible, which are both very good. Uh, Indivisible a little less so than Skullgirls, but still good. And there's been, over the past few weeks, we've talked about a few members of the team leaving and reporting things happening uh, at the company, like the guy taking creative control over and basically just being an ass all around just not great stuff and yeah so apparently he has fired everyone laid off everyone who didn't quit because a lot of people had already quit and he has not agreed to give them a severance package yet which you know is standard practice in any industry is when people are fired or quit you give them a severance package (laughs) Uh, i hate how like mass closings and, and just stuff like this has become a regular on our show now it like it's, happens yeah. either every week or every other week well this, this is also ongoing from the last few weeks like we, we've yeah, had sure, stuff hinting at this it just feels like it's it's been a lot <laughs> recently yeah. but it's also the the reason people know this is because one of the um artists from lab zero is selling the original physical sketchbooks because she can't live <laughs> 
without a job and no no money being paid to her which is so depressing yeah it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm just, like this is such oh. a bad situation and the thing is it's not that lab zero was doing particularly poorly it's all because of this one person at the top yeah. being such a trash bag to other people this one word that we cannot say safely without getting in trouble <laughs> yeah but boy just would i love to great. call him it <laughs> yeah so that's the deal with lab zero the the big upsetting thing about this is that this likely means the Skullgirls and indivisible ips are kind of lost to the yeah. ether and that's really disappointing especially considering indivisible was going to be having a bunch of like crossovers with other indie games some cool stuff was coming up Skullgirls had like another character happening and that's all kind of up in the air right now. It might still happen, at least some of it, but it's really, really hard to know. Even if it does, it's like okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm happy that that like the individual, uh, sorry, individual, indivisible characters are getting into other games. But like now, it's like getting credit to the one guy that owns them now, and yeah. he's not cool. So I don't want that anymore. Well, I'm I'm really hoping what happens is someone buys the IP from him and gets the rest of the team. It's, that's yeah. the ideal situation. Likely that won't happen. Uh, knows, but <laughs> the the thing about this is Mike Z is probably universally blacklisted from the games industry now. Oh, for sure, yeah, unless you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think something a lot of people who aren't in the games industry in some form are not really a aware of the fact that blacklisting is very popular in the games industry. And it's not necessarily like film studio blacklisting where you'll get blacklisted for, like, not complying with something. It's more like if you are a trash bag to people in the games industry, you will not be able to work on games with them. You might be able to release games by yourself, but working with other people, unless they don't know who you are, is probably going to be really difficult. Good and luck. it also kind of blacklists you from a lot of AAA devs is because they just won't want you on their teams. So <laughs> it is something that definitely happens a lot, and it's not, it's not a bad thing because usually the blacklisting is, like, because someone did something really awful. Uh, but yeah, that, it does happen, and likely this person has put himself in this position of not really having an easy time in the industry anymore. Yeah, as, as big as the industry is, your, your name travels around very quickly and very yeah. easily. And it's also like anyone applying for a games industry job is going to be doing research on who they're applying to, yeah, or for sure. uh, if they're employers, they'll be doing an interview and be like what have you worked on if they hear you're the skull girls dude who fired yeah. off the entire company they're gonna be like well uh thanks but no so yeah that's that's the lab zero stuff we don't have a lot of information on this because it's all coming from like tweets uh, the important thing is i believe this did happen in california where basically firing everybody in, in your company with no severance is illegal <laughs> So, it's, yeah, it's super legal. There <laughs> might be some ramifications, but the reality is this doesn't always get caught unless it's a much bigger company, and Lab Zero was not very large. So it might just kind of die out. But uh, yeah, it's super sketchy. Very much maybe not the, cool. Maybe the publicity will do them some favors just to get someone looking into it. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. So after that really terrible news, we do have a bit of good news. <laughs> Fall Guys raised a million dollars for a charity oh, called Special Jesus. Effect. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did a brand right. challenge and they got uh, Aimbeast, uh, Aimbot, the game thing where you have like the Aimbot training simulator for FPSs, uh, teamed up with Ninja, Mr. Beast, and oh. I think G2 
esports and that's a stacked comp right yeah there. <laughs> it's a stacked comp and they <laughs> they banded together and paid a million dollars to each get a custom costume in fall guys so that million dollars is going funny. to special effect which yeah it's a really cool charity and that, that's just a nice little thing that happened been going for a while we almost had a, a t-shirt from a bidet company be the winner <laughs> <laughs> but it got a, i think it got a little too pricey for them <laughs> So such a shame. <laughs> such a shame. All right. Yeah, that's our our roundup of that. Um okay. So we've got a few other small bits of news. Namely, new graphics cards. Uh oh, I think oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> we have a, a a few PC gamers in here that are probably mildly excited about this. <laughs> I want it, but then won't let me get it. <laughs> I want it, expensive. and then I look at my wallet and my bank account, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of those numbers or letters mean. <laughs> Although important to note, these cards are a lot cheaper than people expected, at least the uh, the yeah. two <clears throat> normal tier cards and not the enthusiast one that's $1,500, but the other two, yeah, <laughs> the other two are, uh, I believe, 400 and 600 respectively, which is a, a low price for NVIDIA cards. Well, the T is hot, then. It's normal. Sips T. <laughs> it's well, it's normal, the but the, the, the uh... performance to the price is a lot. Yeah, higher. the price performance is yeah. not. But it's it's basically like a a two gen jump or like a gen and a half jump per like normally because yeah. like normally it's fifteen percent give or take performance increase per generation. This is more like a twenty five to thirty percent. That's even increase, more than which, that in some cases because if you're going makes... from a a twenty seventy to a thirty seventy, it's almost twice as good. Oh my god! Right. Which is a, a much larger leap than usually happens for the same tier right. of card. But I think it's also making up for the fact that the 20 series was pretty garbage compared to yeah. the 10 series. Well, it's also important to note the 20 series like special thing was Pascal Architecture, which handles well, yeah, like, and ray was tracing. RTX that nobody cared about. Which is like and it's still cool. nobody cares about. I mean, some people do care about it. Like, some, I, I mean, it. it's it's really cool tech, but... But it doesn't sell cards, generally. It, it's not revolutionizing as, the gaming industry, which... As someone that has a 20 series card, I've yet to find a game where I can run ray tracing at a decent frame rate. Yeah, I, I do it's it just, in Control. It wasn't... Control's the only game I really use it in a lot. And, I mean, I get, like, that was a fine marketing move by NVIDIA. Like, I think now that they have RTX basically just baked into the price going forward, like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like people aren't going to be like oh is it really worth that extra money to go to rtx when it's not really that much regular performance now it's just like you get performance and rtx because they had another yeah you know and it does show that uh i think the the important tech. note here is that it shows that pcs will still be competitive with consoles going forward because there's I mean, been that that was never a question i mean did it, anybody it ever been... think that for real yes so well they're dumb Marking out like enthusiast level PCs, we're talking like same price point. It's gotten oh, yeah. it's gotten harder and harder to build a PC that performs on the level of a new console. That I agree. at that console price, which that is the, I the important. I mean, like the lower end stuff, not not like high high end. Right. Well, but especially looking... especially when the uh, uh, Xbox uh, One X first came yeah, out. Yeah, like, because the Xbox big, One there X. There's this big thing about like good. a five hundred dollar PC compared to a five hundred dollar Xbox One X is actually. It takes a the, lot of work and a there, lot of luck. Yeah, the the difference there, especially because PC prices fluctuate all the time, it was it was yeah. very difficult to get something that had the same kind of. And people often forget you need to buy like a keyboard and a mouse with a PC. Like it's not just the PC you're paying for; you also yeah. have to pay for peripherals if you don't have them. 
Um, and then if you do have them, the price is cut down pretty dramatically. But yeah, it, it is uh, it's still going to be a thing this console generation of like the new consoles are very powerful looking uh, mm -hmm. and it's going to be very hard to build a computer for the same price that competes with them. I, I feel like this new generation of consoles isn't going to have the same issue as like, you know, the one that we're in, you know, the one that's ending right now, because I feel like yeah. the, uh, the performance of this, of this most recent generation was really disappointing, not to, just to consumers, but to developers. Cause I, I seem to remember there the, were a the lot CPUs of CPUs are, are this basically the same as yeah. the old generation. Well, that's the thing. I remember so many, I remember so many stories of like developers having to like take extra development time to like, uh you know work on their games because they expected the hardware to be much yeah. more powerful than it was so they and people were having to remove to content from games like because a, a big problem of rts's on consoles is often that they're too cpu intensive mm -hmm. to run so you have to design them around consoles for them to work and that's like halo wars is designed specifically to run on console um, another yeah good example of that is um city skylines Absolutely. City Skylines yeah. runs pretty poorly once you get well, it's, into it's the Well, it's not game. even that. It's just you have like a considerably smaller population and like building limit yeah. in City Skylines on console, where in PC you can get mods that make it unlimited if your PC can handle it. Of course, your PC can't handle it because City Skylines doesn't run particularly well. <laughs> yeah, but, that, that is a thing you have to contend with. Uh, but if but you ha already have a PC and you're looking to upgrade, this looks like a very good graphics card generation to get in on. Oh! Did you hear that, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I did. And Ben is already oh, fine. Ben's got a, a like twenty eighty. No, she's right? talking about her graphics card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a twenty sixty super. So let's. So still uh, great. Yeah, um, I picked up a, a twenty seventy. It was like last year. So yeah. I'm I'm good for a little while. And an important I... note to say, like you don't need a new card right now. There's no games no. coming out that are pushing. I just them want particularly the best far. of the best. Yeah, so That's a I. bad thing to shoot for. But we have no money. <laughs> you know, I would say I I. I would say that like probably cyberpunk is going to be pretty oh! demanding, but I've heard it's it's actually incredibly well optimized. Like yeah, I, I'm sure I remember, it, it, it has I to remember, be on current gen hardware. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I remember, um, I think it was Skillup did an impressions video on it, and he was playing it like all Mac settings with RTX on, with like you know not a cheap PC, but not like an enthusiast grade PC, and it was running really like surprisingly well. Because that's usually like. Like ray tracing is like as soon as you turn that on, your frame rate is like halved. Instantly. Here's the but here's the the thing that I like about having a very good PC is like for the most part, if you have a 2070 or more, it's the game's fault. Your game's not running well. It's not your card's fault. Your computer is not at fault here. Yeah, like you should be getting 60 FPS at 1080p and everything. And if you're not. There's some yeah. optimization. It's also right now, it's a lot more common for, I think, CPUs to be bottlenecks because people tend to not upgrade them. Yeah. And they and, tend to be usually a little bit sidelined in like laptops because they're harder to cool. And the one important thing that when you're, you know, building a PC, not just the PC, but the, the, the entire setup, one really important thing to remember is I feel like people really undervalue how important like a good monitor is and like getting the right yeah. monitor for the price point that you have, because you yeah. can have it like you can have the exact same PC. And if you have two different monitors, you can sometimes feel like you have a very different like experience in terms of. Absolutely. Based well, yeah, on I mean, monitor. it's it's also like, why would you get a 2080 Super 2080 Ti or a 3090 or all this stuff if you're not going to have at least a 1440p monitor, you know? Yeah. Like, what's the you point? Don't need you're going to be getting you're going to be getting 280 FPS 1080p, but you could be getting you know 200 
at 1440p yeah. and you'd probably the game would look worlds better you know yeah it's because games are tend, tend to be limited by the console generation we're on and yeah. that is going to probably be a big thing this generation depending on how powerful these consoles are we might see a push for like more particle effects and more things that are calculated using a gpu uh, because right now that's not a huge thing in a lot of console games but going forward especially like we saw kana in the the sony showcase that was taking huge use of them and if that translates to PC, that might mean some older cards will be a little worse at performing than used to. I don't mean like 20 series at all, but like if you're on a 10 series or a 9 series card, you might start to run into some frame dips if you're trying to run on like high on new stuff. But it's yeah, yeah, it's always uh, interesting to see how, you know, even though you can build a PC that's like, you know, how many times uh, more powerful than like a PS4 or an Xbox. It's it's really interesting to see console exclusives still be some of the best looking games because they have that much money to throw at. Well, there's so much you know? optimization thrown into them. Well, and th that's the thing is that it's like, you know, Last of Us 2 is a PS4 exclusive, probably one of the best looking games to come out this year. Like, Yeah, I absolutely. Yes. I, don't, I don't even think, like, no matter how you feel about it, the game looks gorgeous. And oh, the game is yet, awesome. Oh, it's almost yeah. that awful. Like, <laughs> the game is gorgeous. We already and, and did yeah. that podcast. We, we, if you want to watch the Last of Us Part Two I podcast, mean, you can go. And back. yet, you know, the best looking game you know maybe ever made at the moment is running on a six-year-old PlayStation Four. You know, I, uh, performance is another matter, but like, it's it's pretty yeah. impressive. What I you mean, can... another good example is Ghost of Tsushima. That's yeah. fucking probably one of the most amazing-looking video games Have I've you ever even played. Finished that yet? No, but it really good. It still <laughs> yeah. looks really good in the beginning. Yeah. Like it looks good no matter you where. You can't even have an opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. We also did a, a Ghost of Tsushima episode. You can go watch. Right. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, Ghost uh, of Tsushima is where we talked gorgeous. a lot about the visual style. So, yeah, it, I, I think Ghost of Tsushima is a great example of the game not necessarily being that graphically impressive, like on a technical level, but the visual design just being so outstanding. I watched the be uh, the beginning of it. Like I watched the playthrough, and even the beginning, it just looks great. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's on YouTube. Imagine what it looks like yeah, on yeah. a real monitor. Yeah, <laughs> it probably looks so much better. I mean, oh. now that I have now that I have my my own PC, everything kind of just looks so much better. Well, it's oh, yeah. it's you know it's how Nintendo's been able to get away with like you know comparatively speaking the switch is a much lower spec but they have such right. strong art design in whatever game they're making that it's because they're smart know. people who have an eye for design mm -hmm. and they know what they're doing so they can make a good looking video game without a billion triangles mm -hmm. as it seems to be as that meme went you know whatever how many mm -hmm. what was it triangles polygons and the ps5 like reveal was like or something. just trillions it was so lot. many triangles yeah the thing is, you can like already do that. That's not <laughs> right. I know these, these are numbers that are pretty much meaningless. We need to see benchmarks of the games actually being run yeah, yeah. on it, uh, which does tie back to like some people. Th that's why a lot of people are a little more optimistic about PS5's performance, at least right now, because we've seen games running on it. Whereas with Xbox One, we've seen or not Xbox Series X, we've seen so few things actually running mm -hmm. that it's just a little concerning. But yeah, it, it, that's what the generation is shaping up to be like. Um, okay, so we do have a, a new thing. We talked last week about Doom Eternal's DLC. Uh, Is it DLC now? Uh, not not yet. It's coming out uh, soon-ish. But what is it going to be on? It's because they they parted ways with Mick Gordon. We now have Andrew Holschult, who is a similar oh, he's sounding, very good, 
similar stylistically, but also very good. So they definitely found a good replacement. Uh, I'm excited. I don't to know see who what these people have are. But... Have they released any of his tracks yet? I haven't heard any. Uh, you can definitely look up his tracks in other games. What's his but name? Nothing. Nothing for his work on Doom Eternal, though. Uh, I don't think so. They okay. they might have, but I'm not a. Doom Eternal, the soundtrack still isn't on Spotify just because of the whole Mick Gordon mess. It's still not on Spotify, which is crazy. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever come out on Spotify. Yeah, so so he worked on a Dusk and a Medieval. Dusk is so good. Uh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. He is it's... working on Duke Nukem 3D Reloaded. Which is uh, funny. And Doom Eternal now. Yeah, he's done it's a weird. lot. He did Quake Champions as well. So he, yeah, he's worked on a lot of arena shooters. It's weird because, uh, like, I have I haven't played the new Doom or Doom Eternal, but I'm like not a stranger to the soundtracks because I don't think like a single human being that pays attention to games <laughs> now is. But like, those li- listening to those and then having played Dusk, they're very different. And I don't know if he's gonna like any even from what I've heard from his other like because uh, he does a lot of indie boomer shooter music. Um, like even his other stuff that I've heard is kind of more along the lines of of Dusk, and I don't know if he's going to be able to capture like the same like the banner, 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 like all that crazy yeah. stuff going on. So Barracuda. the screaming guitars. It's, <laughs> it's it's more. I don't want to oh, say no, it was subdued. Bulls on might be. It's it is bulls on parade. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> it's more like ambient almost, which is it'll be cool. But it won't yeah. be the same. I don't know if people are going to be like, oh, this guy sucks. I want me Gordon back. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited know, if, to see if, him take do his take on Doom. Yeah, the, that's the thing. I, was, I, I, I would prefer this guy to do his own thing and not just try and copy <laughs> Mick Gordon's. Because if you're gonna hire a different, like, like let him do his thing. Oh yeah, I know. It's just player, I don't right? like. Yeah. We are not the gaming community. Yeah, exactly. The gaming community is gonna yeah. be a bunch of babies probably, <laughs> and and just say that this new guy sucks. I want Mick back. I don't. I don't envy his position at all because he's he's got such big shoes to fill. He really he's a very talented guy, but like you said, it's not going to be in the same style, and that's definitely. I mean, if he fills them though, this guy will get instantly hired on anything he wants, pretty much. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. He's yeah. he's already like number one pick for any like boomer shooter esque game like soundtrack. Also, much. good uh, point to point out that Realms Deep, who is a publisher that does or not a publisher, Realms Deep was a show that showcased a lot of New Blood interactive games. If you don't know who New Blood is, they do a lot of callbacks to like early PS1 and PS2 era shooters like uh, and a lot of like classic Doom style shooters. So they did Dusk, they did a, med- a Medieval. Uh, and there's a huge sale going on for Realms Deep 2020, which was show- the showcase of some new stuff they had. So you can check that out if you want to play, so- play those games. That. They're really, really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's going on right now. We did see some new stuff from them too. We're getting a few cool new games that are in the style of stuff like Morrowind. Uh, yeah, we we got like a Morrowind style RPG life simulator, not life simulator, but like uh, you know RPG type thing inspired by like Doom style shooters. So it's a cool looking game called Graven. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff coming out from them. All right, so that's most of our small news. We'll probably come back to a few other things at the end just to clean up. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's the small news. And by small news, I mean the cancellation of a studio entirely is not really small news. But <laughs> it is not that, Mario. It's not actively affecting <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> right. So, okay. Now we're going to talk about Mario. 
There was a Mario 35th anniversary direct. This has been rumored for like two years at this point that this is going to happen. Before you start, do, do, do we need to explain the Mario lore to anyone who might not be familiar with who this character is? He's, he's kind of a niche video. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mario, Mario is... Lore. <laughs> you, you might be a little lost if you don't know the Mario deep lore. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> if you haven't seen the Tanuki suit or, or Pauline. You know, this may not be the I don't even know you. the Mario deep lore. <laughs> Again, Very I'm not few a Mario people know fan, the Mario so. Deep Lore. <laughs> I don't think we any knowledge. of us know the Mario Deep Lore. All right. No. So, yeah, there was a, a Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary Direct, which showed a lot of stuff people expected, and a lot of stuff people did not expect. Right. <laughs> so, we're just going to go kind of in order of the things as they are in the, the Eurogamer roundup. Because I'm not going to just watch through the Direct while we're doing this, but... Yeah, so we got a the the big news. The headliner title is probably the 3D All Stars collection. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that at the end because it's going to be the biggest part part of the conversation, almost certainly, I think. So we're going to skip past that and talk about Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury coming to Nintendo Switch in February. So this is a remaster port. Uh, with some new content of Super Mario 3D World, which is a, a, from what I hear, really fantastic Wii U game. But of course it was on the Wii U, so yeah. not many people got to play it, including me. Uh, which means I'm excited to play it. I played the, the DS like title that was in this like 3D World, I think it was 3D Land on the DS. That was very good, but this... Or the, not the DS, but the 3DS. This is definitely... A great game from everything I've heard, and people are seem to be pretty excited. Uh, there's going to be multiplayer. We'll see if Nintendo does any good online multiplayer stuff with it. I'm doubtful, but people are hopeful. I do want to say, um, when I first saw this direct, I had just woken up and I was very tired. When I saw Bowser's Fury, I legitimately thought I read Bowser's Furry for a second. <laughs> and I had a double take. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know... I was like, what am I looking at? Mario is in a tanuki suit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Is, is that's Bowser's where that Fury, is that, a, is that a new thing? Yeah, I don't remember that existing. Okay. This is like Just the same sure thing they did with uh, Captain Toad when Captain Toad launched on Switch. They did like a little uh, DLC for it. Yeah. So it's I, I think it's, it's kind of unclear if this is going to be like included with the game on Switch. Uh, this one I think is far enough back that it might be. Whereas Captain Toad was still pretty new when it launched on Switch. But yeah, that's the uh, the new content for that. And it's a good chance to try it for the first time. Okay, so on to one of the bigger surprises. We got a Tetris 99 inspired Super Mario Bros. 35. <laughs> they did it. They turned Mario into a battle yep. royale. They finally did it. Where <laughs> you play against 35 other players to become the last <laughs> plumber standing. So this one is also very strange because this is where Nintendo start, starts to do their strange exclusivity window thing. This thing is launching on October 1st and will only be playable until the 31st of March 2021. Wait, playable or available? To this person? says playable. I would assume playable because it's an online game and if you just remove the ability for new people to get it, it's probably going to die. So... This is just weird. <laughs> it looks fun, 
but I am just very much concerned about the fact that they're making games only playable for a certain time period. Uh, and I, I do think this was confirmed to be free. Because At that's least what it's free. Guys. Yeah. So it's, it's probably just like a fun thing, but I, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm going to come yeah. back to this when we talk about the, uh, the 3D. And yeah, it, I, it's. I, I have. Yeah. This is I just a weird situation because, like, the thing with the All Stars is that it's pretty likely those games will be on the platform again in some other form. But with this, it's like they're just delisting the game. <laughs> so this game will likely just go away. And what? there might be people that are super into it, and I'm really sad about that. Like, <laughs> why, why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? It, to me, there's just no motivation for this because it's not like this is a collector's item, right? This is a game that is going to be there online only and then just not playable again. It's it's so weird. Okay. Wait, so it's only going to be playable for like a certain amount of time? Yeah, it's only yeah. playable for about from October until March. That doesn't It's it's just what such a strange any, call. That doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. That's what everyone's saying. Uh it just yeah, it's it's Nintendo being Nintendo and just making weird decisions that no it's one really It's a Nintendo really... gotcha. It's a Nintendo gotcha. I don't even know how else to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's their good old catch. No, it's like it's like that weird fine print in the EULAs that you sign. Like this product will only be available until March. <laughs> then it's going away forever. All right. So our our next little thing is a uh, Mario Kart Live. I don't know how this is real. Did you say Mario <laughs> Kart just... Live? It's Mario Kart yeah. Live Home Circuit is the full title. This game okay. is wild. <laughs> it's, I think, the only way to describe this. It is a augmented reality game where you use your Switch to drive an RC Mario Kart cart around your room with these giant, like, I assume some, some like, techie tagged goalposts that you place in your physical space and then like race around with AI racers on your switch <laughs> but the cart look, has a camera on it that look I'm I'm just I don't I don't get it <laughs> I don't I, understand I feel like this I would have been so into this oh, when yeah. I was a kid like this is this is 100% aimed at children and I think it will do great with that audience but man is it weird <laughs> This I don't is such a Nintendo idea. Get it? Like I feel, I feel like a dumb. Uh, I feel dumb, but like I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. I'm you, kids on this planet exist, okay? And yeah, this they isn't like aimed have, at you. <laughs> look, look. They like to have things. The, here's the thing: you can, you can look, use look, your look, hands. If there's anyone this entire episode that's that is the them. look, the person that is the most like a child in this entire group is me. Let's get that perfectly straight. So if there's anyone that should be psyched about this out of all of you, it should be me. Quiet. Quiet. I, I still mean, build Legos. I think I win. Okay. I mean, are you no, saying quiet. that I don't? I, I, I built are you Gundams, saying that I don't? So. I mean, I build those too, but I, I chose the more pathetic answer because that... I, I would build Legos I, if I, I had I collect any. Star Wars Black Series figures, so, you know... Okay. Yeah, but that's I like guess. a collector's thing, you know. I this is just one of those things that, like, I think will absolutely appeal to people that enjoy toys, like oh, people that like toys sure. to life games. I'm not, you know, I'm uh, more power to. I just 
I don't understand. No, I get why this is fun. <laughs> I would play this if someone had it. I don't. I would not buy this. Oh no! <laughs> because like, where would I put it? Is the big thing. Like, yeah. what? Where do you yeah. set this up? Uh, and it seems I could just have more fun playing Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. It's not like you're going to be inviting any friends over in the near yeah, future. Yeah, I mean, this is also true. <laughs> yeah, this, this is just a weird announcement, and I think it's it's cool. It's a nice little. <laughs> showcase of augmented reality tech uh yeah that's there's not a ton to say about this to be honest until we know how it plays it looked like a traditional mario kart but of course it's an rc car so we're not sure certain like if it's gonna have collision with the ai i assume there's like something in the game that can like tell the cart to stop if it bumps into something but yeah we'll see that it's is an the thing though interesting I don't know piece how of tech. I don't know how well it's gonna like exactly it, it, how That's well it's concern. gonna read the <laughs> the the real life living room to turn it into like a video game thing. And what they showed it, it, looked impressive. It's but, yeah, but I mean, that's that's lies. It's yeah. lies, Ryan. You can't believe them. Because like, look how good the camera quality is, like impressive. coming from the the RC car, right? Like, it's not gonna be that good. Like when you're when it's being streamed yeah. or Switch or whatever. It just, I don't know how much of that, because that looks like a conceptual video and not like actual footage. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I don't know about that one, but. Yeah, all right. So the next small thing we have, and I do mean small thing, <laughs> is a Game & Watch. <laughs> Nintendo's bringing them back. We are getting a Game & Watch in 2020. Specifically, November thirteenth. So, if you if you're anything like me, you're absolutely fascinated by these things, and you, you know, uh, took a took a trip down history lane and looked at all of the crazy game and watches they've had over the years. Like, because the thing is, is that like a game and watch is made for one specific kind of game, which means that all of the the entire design of the system was built around one game. Mm -hmm. So each each game had its own unique uh, handheld. And they got crazy with some of these. Like, I think I, I sent some of you a picture of one a little while ago. But there's one where it's like this little, like, it's it's just this this little kind of oval shaped thing with a screen on it. You like open it, and there's two little like wired circle controllers that come out yeah. of it for like a multi. It's so it gets nuts. And as someone who is like really interested in just uh, handheld technology and just weird like handheld stuff, I'm absolutely fascinated by by these things. And they. My problem is that they they're very expensive. Like I heard this one's like fifty dollars. Yeah, something it's like fifty dollars. A little, you know. And crazy, to put in perspective but... what this can do, it can play the original Super Mario Brothers, the Lost Level sequel, and it has a bunch of Easter eggs like the uh, the Game and Watch Ball game and a functioning alarm clock <laughs> with thirty five secrets in it. Yep. <laughs> It's it's weird that it's fifty dollars because I feel like the perfect uh, kind of uh, place to have these is like you go to a convenience store and they always have like that little kiosk with a bunch of random yeah. crap on it. That's for like a couple bucks. That's the perfect place for a thing like a. I mean, I think the reality is it's because there this has an LED screen, mm. and presumably Nintendo tends to do high quality like D pads and buttons on the retro stuff. I guess, but like if you price it, if you put that much, you know. R and D into this and price it at yeah. that. It just it's an awkward spot for it. Again, like, like that, this is something... three to four dollar like keychain things that you find at a Walgreens or something is a perfect. Place I, I don't think Game and Watches were ever that cheap. Uh, 
No, but and I'm sure Nintendo's considering... done research into it, and like they probably realized that they wouldn't sell as many doing that, at least for the the amount of development it would take to get them to that cost. For them to be making a profit off of like four dollars, these they would have to be really, really bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, putting aside that you can just emulate Mario Brothers on you know whatever you have in your house, basically, like it's just. Releasing something like this for fifty dollars when everyone has a smartphone. And like you can home. play Mario Brothers like for free choice. on your Nintendo Switch if you have the the online. That's service. what I'm saying. It's so, just it, I, I'm I'm sure it'll be high quality, but I don't know if that'll necessarily be like the best choice for something. At the same time, I think this this hundred percent has a market because Nintendo collectors will buy everything Nintendo puts out. Literally anything. Instantly. Which is why they can get away with something like yeah, this. Yeah, it's just why like, they can get away with the low stock on stuff like Amiibos and the SNES and NES minis is because it drives prices up. So people buy them all. Um, so yeah, I think this will definitely sell out. Uh, but I feel like this would have been a more comfortable thing at like 25 to $30 for like yeah, a stocking 50. stuffer for a kid. Right, mm -hmm. This is for like your, your six-year-old or something to play Mario on, you know? It's a nice, easy, little, cool toy. This doesn't really feel like something that I think anyone over the age of, like, 15 really wants. It would be a really... Unless they're a huge Nintendo collector. It's kind of like what you said, though. It would be a really good thing to give a small child where it's like, you know, they're interested in games. I don't want to give them a whole PlayStation 5 or something, but we'll start them off with something like this, you know, even before yeah. a smartphone. Like, it's a good first piece of technology for a kid, I think. <clears throat> you know? Yeah, it, it, it's a neat little thing. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it performs. <laughs> I want them just to release more with like the crazy wacky like designs that they've had in the past. Yeah, because some of those are so cool. Like, and and it was the beginning of like it's the first time we saw the traditional D pad, which they then used on the NES, and now it's become like industry standard. It's the first time you saw like a clamshell design, so it was almost like an early design of the DS and stuff like that. Like, it's so cool and so ahead of their time when they first came out. Yeah. All right, so we have a, a few small announcements. There will be a few online tournaments for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate that are Mario-themed with classic Mario characters and items. Uh, Mario Maker 2 will get anniversary-themed update in d November, and Splatoon 2 will have a Mario-themed Splatfest. So, yeah, some fun stuff happening for fans of those games. You're getting some new content. And at Animal Crossing New Horizons will be adding some Mario-themed uh, furniture to their islands, although confusingly not until March 2021. <laughs> so this is like way behind everything else. <laughs> so when you can cry about not being able to play Super Mario 35 anymore, you can go to Animal Crossing. They'll taunt you! They'll taunt you! <laughs> <laughs> and, and dream about it. Yeah, so... I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation. You know what? I'm I'm kind of half expecting Super Mario Bros. 35. They're just they're doing they're calling it 35 clearly like it's 35th anniversary, and they're tying the gameplay in with like the 35 other players. So I'm betting that game will come back in some form afterwards, but it will be a different thing. Like it'll be a battle royale with more players or something. All right. So now we're to our big news, our big announcement. And by big announcement, I mean we're getting ports of other games. <laughs> we are getting uh, the Mario All-Stars pack, which uh, 
Actually, this was something we, we skipped over. The Mario All-Stars pack, which was released on the SNES, is now on Nintendo Switch Online, which allows them to play the uh, Super Mario Bros., the Lost Levels 2 and 3 on the, the online service. So that's all available now. Uh, we are getting a new Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which has a bunch of new stuff. We get well, new stuff, old stuff. It's got a bunch of old stuff that's being ported to new stuff. We get Super Mario 64. We get Super Mario Sunshine. And we get Super Mario Galaxy 1, but not 2. <laughs> Just 1. 2 is not real because it doesn't have Rosalina in it, so I did not want <laughs> to buy it as a kid, and I have not played it to this day. Oh. And I never will. I've heard 2 is very good, and I want to play it because I never... I've, I have not played 2. I've played a bit of 1. Uh, and it was very good what I played of it, but it was a long, long time ago. So the the confusing thing with these is I think some people expected it to be a little more remaster, or at least like up-res and like widescreenify 64. We're not getting that. 64 yeah. is not widescreen. Um, it's still 4x3. It's still very low detail, which is a shame because like we have the DS version that is better. That's what I was going to say. It was that I... I'm surprised it's the N64 version. I'm sure, like, you know, nostalgia's sake, obviously. But, like, the the uh, 3DS, or the DS, or 3, I, f I forget which one. But, like, it looks, like, significantly better. So I'm kind of surprised that wasn't at least an option here. Yeah, I, I do wish it was the DS version, because it, it does look a little bit better. The textures are a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, it, it feels weird that we're just getting, like, Mario 64 being completely old. And, like, Sunshine has aged pretty well. It still looks fine, so I, I think Sunshine's a lot more forgivable, and then Galaxy still looks great. So those two are a lot easier to forgive, but 64 is aged pretty poorly at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And considering there's so many other, like the Mafia remasters going on right now, they just gave small updates to the 2 and 3 versions because they're relatively new, but to the first game, they, they completely redid it. Like, they redid everything. So it's weird seeing the same priced thing, right? Like, this is a $60 collection of these games, and it doesn't seem like they're getting the care that they should be. Yeah, it's I a little feel weird. Like, I feel like ever since the release of, like... Now, I know it didn't launch in a good state, but I feel like the Master Chief collection is, like, the... You know, that's, like... Uh, in, from, in my opinion, that's, like, peak, you know, HD or, like, franchise yeah. collection of a series, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, like not only is it every you know game and multiplayer and feature they they've also been going through and like updating you know Halo One and Halo Two and you can switch between the old and the new graphics. It just after playing that so much, it feels like any other remaster just kind of feels you know <laughs> rushed and and there there was so much love I think put into Master Chief's collection that That's it's always put it. yeah. And and again, it didn't launch well, but they definitely mm -hmm. put in the effort to make it what it is now, which I think is a great you know package so i just i just wish that i i had hoped that when mcc came out that would kind of uh encourage developers to put more effort into their uh and it has absolutely because like the tony hawk games that just came out are full remakes of yeah, yeah. Uh, extremely <laughs> good quality and it's 40 dollars. it's not a full price release so it, it's weird to and, and again the uh yeah, we have Tony Hawk, we have Halo, what was the, the Mafia remakes are, are doing really well right now. So, yeah, we, we've seen a lot of really impressive remakes or remasters, and it's weird to see N Nintendo, of all companies, not really taking advantage of what they could do with these games. I, I always feel like it's a wasted opportunity when you're 
put when you're uh, creating like a collection of games to not, you know, Im improve them in some way. Because yeah. I remember like a, a, another good example is the uh, the Uncharted collection, because not only do those games now run at 60 frames per second, which is already a humongous upgrade, but it's also the controls are a lot better too. Maybe that just has something to do with the 60 frame per second uh, upgrade, but they just, they control and they play so much better as a result. And it's always disappointing when you have a game that's part of a a, a package that isn't, you know, yeah. that doesn't take advantage of any modern features. As we know, Sunshine will still be locked to 30. So we have, the, yeah. again, just this weird situation where the games just aren't getting the up, the like treatment they deserve. Uh, and I do think, like, a lot of people will say it doesn't make a difference in sales because people will buy this anyway. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think uh, hardcore fans of the games will, but there will be a lot of people who are, like, excited to play Mario 64 for the first time and then see what it actually looks like here and may just not buy it. Right? Like, I think that's a thing that, that will happen, is new people that would be introduced to these games through this might not be as interested. And that, that, again, that's what was, like, that was the magic, like, the secret sauce of MCC is that it had something for both new people and the old fans. Because you can play the games in the exact same way as you did, you know, on your original Xbox with the original graphics. But if you're a newer player and you want to see, you know, Halo 2 with the yeah. anniversary graphics, one button press, there you go. And no loading either. It's instant. It's insane. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Super impressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, d I do think it's important to point out, like, Mario 64, even though it's very dated, still looks pretty good in motion. Oh, it's sure. just, like, the character models and the environment models are very flat yeah. and very clearly low-res. It's uh, an N64 game. Yeah, it's an N64 game, and it looks like it. But it it still plays extremely well. It feels extremely modern. Like, play going back and playing Mario 64 anytime recently, you can just tell, like, that game is so well-designed. It runs incredibly well on the old hardware. Like, it, it's just such a well-handled game that I think if this is your first exposure to it, you'll still have a great time. It'll just be a little hard to get past that initial, this game looks real bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if, because like, the, the, the visuals, like, for 90% for of the games, like, when there's a remaster or something, like, the visuals and how well it runs is, like first thought for like almost all the people that are going to look at it or buy it but something we haven't mentioned yet and i don't know how popular this is going to be for the new one is that i have a bunch of friends and there's like a huge population of people who are like like speed running mario 64 is like their jam mm -hmm. that's a huge speed running game and i i don't necessarily know how like like when when Dark Souls Remastered came out. Like it's it's out. It's been out for a while, and most of the the speed runs and challenge runs still happen on the original Dark Souls, just because at the, for whatever reason, like the whole I don't like the whole architecture of the game is like different, so old mods don't work and that kind of thing. But with something like this, it's like does does the backwards long jump still exist? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's weird because like I I don't know if. Uh, if it still works in the the DS version, but even in like the disparity between Japanese and American releases of the original uh, Super Mario sixty four, like certain certain mechanics just aren't the same for like like a normal player wouldn't care about them, but, like a speedrunner would, and I'm, I'd be kind of curious to see like 
how many people would yeah. try to look into it, see if they could speed run a newer version and then kind of be like disappointed, or maybe there's some new crazy thing. I don't know. It's something to think about. Yeah, and I think a, a good game to kind of bring that up with now is the Tony Hawk remasters. So I played oh, tons oh, yeah. of the, the first two Tony Hawk games when I was a kid. Like Tony Hawk is is the one like extreme sports franchise that and like SSX Tricky were my jam. And uh, playing the old levels, the way Vicarious did the remaster is that, or the remake, is that all the gameplay mechanics are updated to be in line with the later versions of the games, but the maps are the same. Like, some of them have a few, like, small additions in, in new spaces, new goals and whatnot, but the the map layout is the same. So, like, if you did a, a line, a, a, like, skating line in the old games... It's the same line in the remakes, and it'll still work. Which is, it, it just shows the care they took in remastering that, and it, I think it shows that they, Nintendo could have remastered 64 and kept all the, the intricacies that people love about it. It would mm. be a lot of work. Um, but yeah, they, they could have done it. It's a little disappointing to see them not doing it. Because it's not like it's it's a small indie studio, it's... It's Nintendo. Damn. Nintendo is a small <laughs> indie studio. And as, as I, someone, I really hate how they treat it like that sometimes. Yeah, and and as someone who uh, is more immediately interested in Zelda than Mario, it makes me very hopeful that we'll see some kind of like three D Zelda. Oh, totally. Or something. Yeah. And I would be speaking of which, would, Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary oh, yeah. is next year. So yeah. Oh my no, but, god. Uh, look, man. Look at the end of the day. I want Wind Waker on Switch because I never, you know, I never had a GameCube and never had a Wii U, so I've never been able to play Wind Waker before. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be very excited. Wind Waker is excellent. I want excited. Twilight Princess so bad. Yeah. So bad. I very much hope we get a collection of like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker uh, and Ocarina of Time would be like the three big ones, I think, to include in, in an All Stars version of that. Which means it's... they have to not include at least one because no one, not everyone can be happy. It's it's been uh, really interesting. Speaking personally for a second, it's been really interesting because like I've never been like before the Switch came out, I was never a big Nintendo person. Like I grew up with a Game Boy, but I mostly played games that weren't like Nintendo specific. They were more just like games made by other people that happened to me on Game Boy. And I always just grew up with you know Xbox and then eventually you know PC and PS4 and stuff. But I never really like was interested in a Nintendo console until the Switch came out, and then. I started playing games like my first Mario game was uh, or the first one I ever completed was, uh, you know, Odyssey. The first Zelda game I ever completed was uh, Breath of the Wild. And now it's like there's they're bringing all their old games to the old, you know, back to to the switch. And so it's been really interesting for me. It's like, oh, I know what kind of know what I've been missing now. I can go back and see what I've been missing. My yeah. So it's been a really and it's all on switch, which is really great. So it's a great way for me to, like, catch up. <laughs> basically yeah and i think the one real benefit nintendo has over a lot of other companies is that they design in art styles that tend to age really well mm -hmm. so even the the older games like twilight princess and wind waker and even to a degree uh, ocarina of time still look pretty good in action yeah uh wind waker especially because of how unique that art style is but so it, it means they have the benefit of like you can get a new person into Zelda much after the fact by playing an older game and then just enjoying it. Like it's it there's no barrier to enjoyment there. And I think that's super key. And the games tend to also be simplified and streamlined to the point where they're easily playable by anyone. 
Yeah. But they still have the intricacies that appeal to people that do like speedrunning. And like Nintendo has one of the most vibrant speedrunning communities because of how fun to play their games are. So I think that that's a big benefit they have. And hopefully we do see some Zelda stuff for the 35th. I think Zelda also has the benefit of uh, definitely Wind Waker and Twilight Princess don't need a new remastered version to be in a definitely collection. Not, yeah. They both look good enough. Uh, and they've already had their like HD versions on Wii U, so I would yeah. Love to I see mean, that even again. if they just had like a you know an upres version of like the uh, the 3DS version of uh, of a uh, Majora's Mask or something like that, you know, because yeah. that that received a huge visual overhaul for the 3DS. So if they were just able to like you know have that at 720p for uh, handheld mode and then 1080p for dock mode, it'd look great. I, if we're being honest, what I have a feeling they would do if they did an All-Stars of Zelda, it would be Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Twilight Princess, or Wind Waker, and then either Twilight Princess or Wind Waker would be sold separately. Oh, it would be my so assumption much. as to what they would do. <laughs> I, I so would pr much prefer <laughs> they put them together. Yeah. Uh, especially because like, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are so closely entwined. It's like the only direct sequel, aside from the new Breath of the Wild 2 coming out. Uh, and that exists and in Zelda. So, yet again, that's the other really special thing about. I keep coming back to it, but MCC is that they'll release a collection and then they'll add more to it post. Absolutely. They'll, they'll add whole other games to it, which has not really been done a whole lot. Like, I, I yeah. off the top of my head, I can't think of any like uh, HD collections or remastered collections of a series that then adds entire games post launch. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. People are thinking the uh, the Tony Hawk remasters might do that because they use the gameplay of the the final game in the the original Pro Skater series, but the final game isn't in the remaster yet. So there's there's assumptions that they'll probably either add them via DLC or uh, free updates, which would be really really cool. But we'll see. And yeah, I do wonder what they would do with all the like weird DS Zelda games. Because we have a bunch of those like spirit tracks and uh, spirit the other tracks. One? I mean, you know, there was, there was if they don't, sequel if to they don't tracks. port those, I wouldn't be. Because here's the thing: is that the first Zelda game I ever completed was Breath of the Wild. The first Zelda game I ever played was uh, Phantom Hourglass. There oh, yeah, it is, Phantom and I hated it. Tracks. I hated uh, it. I don't I did know not if anyone like likes it. it. <laughs> I, I had I, fun with it on the DS, but I, I've heard Spirit Tracks is very good. That control scheme, I just was no. I didn't like it. But imagine, oh. imagine that game with a correct control scheme. <laughs> with a correct. <laughs> it's not even like a good one with a with one that functions. Maybe. I, I would have a lot of fun I don't with that. Know. Dude, when are we gonna get the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons remasters that they deserve? There's that they deserve. That's like a semi-serious question because I'm pretty sure <laughs> I might be the only one that cares about them here. But uh, those I would are like those. those are fun games. I didn't. I didn't know for the longest time those weren't developed by Nintendo. I well, I not, was today years old when I found that out. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like it took me such a long time. I was like, oh, they're Zelda. Games. I never really heard that much about them for the longest time. Hey, there's been like, a few oh. Zelda games developed by other developers. Well, most of them we don't talk about. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hyrule Warriors is really good. <laughs> yeah, Hyrule Warriors is fun. If you're into, you know, the warrior style game. That's really yeah, that is certainly appeals to specific people. But it, it is a great Zelda take on that series. Um, and yeah, we did forget to mention uh, the Wind... Not the Wind Waker, the uh, 
Zelda remaster that just recently happened. I don't remember what? the name of it. It's Link's Awakening. Link's right? Awakening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, which is also reviewed super well and is doing incredibly well, from my knowledge. I still need to play it. I've been I've been playing through it uh, off and on. It I like it, but there there are moments where like, and this is I think this is just because of its age. There are moments where like to progress in the story, you have to do the most random thing that like is so out of your way. Where it's like I don't know where to go, and then I just start talking to random people, and it takes forever because it's not always like 100 clear what you're supposed to do. It's that very frustrating right, from a it's, from yeah. a game from its era that it originally came from. It, it looks gorgeous, and I feel like a lot of it really uh, does stand the test of time. Like I, a lot of it does. Like I think the puzzles are really interesting. The the uh, sign of the dungeons is cool, but like there are just moments where it's like, oh, that's what you had to do, really? Like what? Yeah, I absolutely get that. A lot of the Zelda games do have some like weird, eccentric things you have to do, like almost and Breath old of the Wild didn't click style. Not really. Breath of the Wild does at some points, but it's usually it's all in side content. It's not in the main stuff. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the Hero's Ballad stuff, and getting the uh, the the master cycle is pretty crazy, where you have to like this, take this the one though. hit thing and then <laughs> go through that. I like the master cycle. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, but there, you did have to do some weird stuff to get it. So yeah. <laughs> that yeah. certainly still exists. It's just a little bit less common now. Yeah, I think that's a that's most of the Nintendo wrap up. Unless anyone else has has final words they want to say on Mario or Zelda. Uh, I hate I hate random Nintendo crap like this where everything is you know available for a limited time. Just like weird nintendo quirks that a lot of nintendo fans just seem to like yeah. deal with or like you know not talk about it that is true over. we didn't really talk about the fact that all stars is only available until march <laughs> why what it's what's such a weird I decision and they're I doing don't it with understand. the digital version too it's not just the physical it's being a limited run it's the digital version also being limited I don't understand why anyone can, other than like, I, I don't, I don't even know if I can understand Nintendo saying that's a good idea. Because like, yeah, you'll make probably, you'll make a lot of money right away from people that are like, well, I guess this is my only chance to get it, so I gotta get it now. But like, I don't know, there's some games that still sell for a really long time, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, <laughs> which is still, still in the top sellers. Well, the problem the problem is you have so many Nintendo fans. Like, like I said, you have so many fans that either try and call them shills. Why? Just call them shills. Call them what they are. Why? Either like they either try and defend it somehow for some reason, or they just ignore it because I need me more Nintendo in my life. And it's like I hate that they can get away with this crap because it's Nintendo. Like, I mean, if EA tried to pull something like this, hell no. Like, there's there's no way. But Nintendo can get away with it. It's it's because very they're a small indie company from Japan. It's not even that. It's the excuse is, oh, it's Nintendo. <laughs> like it's not even that there are small indie studios that oh it's just it's that's you just a Nintendo. Say the thing. word Nintendo and then people are too stunned to reply. <laughs> it's, I just like I don't yeah. want them to fail, but I want these stupid business practice crap to fail. You know, like I yeah. want it to blow up in their face and then have them realize that they can't get away with this. I, I mean it did with the Wii U. That's what happened with the Wii U, is they realized their hardware practices were super, super just weird. Like, 
Well, I feel like they part make of that this too... funky console that doesn't work. They name it poorly, and then they realize that. I think oh, it, uh, the larger. I think the larger issue with that though is just they didn't market it very well at all. Well, because I, 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 it's super confusing. I, the thing is, a, a lot of Nintendo sales because they appeal to kids happen from like parents and grandparents seeing it in a store and being like, "Oh, my kid would love this." And when you see something like called the Wii U and there's a Wii on sale, you're probably like, "Oh, but I don't know if they have the Wii, so they might well, not be able to use the saying. Wii U." That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that they didn't market it very well. They well, that's also the name. Whether... Like, that console should not have been called the Wii U. No, but I would. I feel like that's also partially a marketing thing. Yeah, but so those parents aren't going to do... see that advertisement. They're going to find it in a store. Like it's not something that they're going to be exposed to generally on like TV. So I I suppose, but. I don't know. It's like there were a lot of problems with the Wii U's launch. <laughs> it's it's a lot of things were wrong. It wasn't just like one specific thing that you can point to. Because like yeah. what you can see now with all the the Wii U remasters doing so well on the Switch that yeah, the Wii U had some great games, but they were on a platform that just wasn't good. It's not even that the console was bad. It's just it was so poorly executed. And like it felt and, like a plastic toy. It was weird. And kind of on the same on the same track as that, uh, this was this was also within this week. It was very recent. They changed their uh, return policy, so you can return your pre order of a game, but it's this weird uh, yeah, like you span can only of time do where... it up to a week before launch. Yeah, that's it. Why? Like why, why why that marker? Why a week before launch? <laughs> why a week before you can return something? Why are you still using friend codes in the year 2020? Just all this stupid little stuff that like they get away with because because their fans are just so uh, complicit. Well, I don't even think it's a it's a they get away with. It's it's mostly an exclusivity deal where like if I want to play the new Mario, I have to play it on Switch. Like it's not going to come to anything else and never will. Um, and well, for, for a I'm lot of companies, I'm not talking about games though. I'm just talking about how they handle their services a lot. Of but time. the the game's sales are what allow them to do that because they don't they get enough money from selling these great games that they don't need to worry about the hardware or, or these like things that we would take for being just normal human generosity in the games <laughs> industry that Nintendo just like doesn't do. <laughs> Uh yeah, it, it, Nintendo's just in a weird spot where like they're they're constantly held on a pedestal and also constantly an example of like how to do some things pretty wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think it's definitely not something that'll change much until like leadership at Nintendo probably ages out. To be honest, um, just because of like a lot of Japanese culture kind of leads to that. Yeah, and it's just the way things kind of are, and there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, which is kind of sucky to say it that way, but that is what happens. Yeah, that, that's our, our big Nintendo rant for the day, I think. <laughs> we rant because we care. We rant because we we love them, and we want them to, to do better. Let's yeah. keep that in mind. So, I mean, the thing is, Nintendo's mostly does good stuff. It's just, like, they they have... They're so backwards in a few specific things and they're constantly the same amount of backwards like they never get any better it's just these weird decisions like oh let's only sell this game until march <laughs> like and then like, in other uh-huh. areas they're super generous in terms of like how you can uh split up your your uh nintendo online like payment yeah because like right now i mean i'm in a family plan with a bunch of uh, my friends and we're basically paying like four dollars a year 
And you also have like because the entire the catalog of the best SNES and NES games at this yeah. point. Yeah. And it is still, even if you're paying it by yourself, it's still the cheapest. Yeah, it's it's five bucks. Service. Or like, I think it's 30 for a year. It's not bad. They um, didn't improve the, you know, the server quality at all. But, you know. Yeah, Fine, that's always the Nintendo. weird thing. Is like, why, why can they just Shut not up. get online? Yeah. It's very strange. I, to this day, still have not had a good match, uh, a good online match in Smash Brothers. It's, it's. Yeah, it's just, their, their architecture isn't, suited for handling it it's so strange uh all right so yeah any last minute nintendo talk i just want a remaster of the the three original ace combats man that's fun <laughs> my brain's on it now and i'm just like i just want to play zero but in hd um, i can't i i uh i've been waiting many many years for the return of advanced wars and uh, and we haven't mm. gotten that yet and I'm very, very mad about it. So Nintendo. Can't say Wargroove is pretty good. Yeah, but it's not it's not the same. I know. It's not military, it's fantasy. Different thing. But yeah, it is it is a sad day that we don't have another advanced wars game. <laughs> yep. Uh alright. So we'll we'll cover we've got a few small pieces of news. We have uh Peril and Gorgon has got some more gameplay, so if you're into the outer worlds. That DLC's got some gameplay you can go watch from Gamescom. I didn't I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want anything to be spoiled. Yeah, but honestly. maybe if you're not sold on it yet, you can go watch it. I haven't seen it either, but it, it exists. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is getting a like GeForce RTX 30 series gameplay thing. So we'll see if they do any other deals. They might like bundle that with cards. That tends to be a pretty common thing for NVIDIA. So mm -hmm. we'll see if that's a thing that happens. Uh, Path of Exile, New League, coming in, I think, two weeks. It's called Heist. And before we uh, go too off track uh, with CD Projekt Red, they're also providing next-gen upgrades for uh, Witcher 3, and it's a really extensive upgrade from what I understand. Yeah, so it includes ray tracing and much faster loading times and is free for anyone who owns the game on consoles or PC right now. Which on, the, the on the platform that you have it, I believe. So yeah, uh, we do have a cool piece of news. This is like weird game things. This, people have finally found the title screen world from Minecraft. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> from the the OG days, that pack.png is what it is. the uh, The file was called of the like image of the world. The seed is just a bunch of numbers because like the only way to do this is to find it with um. Uh, actually like randomly doing the seeds and you have to do generate them in the old versions of Minecraft because of the, the new things being completely different so the world gen changing over time so the way they found this is you have to create a world find the find the world in local files remove all the data except for level and then edit the dat file using a file explorer like text reader editor and then change the seed to the one that they have so it's a process I'm impressed that this actually happened <laughs> it's kind of wild all right so we do have something from square enix let me read this this is relatively new it happened just before this podcast uh so square enix apparently wanted a a gaming site in europe to give the avengers the same grade on all european outlets of that site uh because 
of some weird stuff. So this was a it's a website called Game Reactor, and they wanted they were confused as to why the game didn't have like the same grades across different uh, areas, and and because Europe is like so much more diverse than America, you have like uh, you might have different languages for countries that are right next to each other. There are often different people handling reviews on the same site for different peop different audiences. So it was getting different things, and there was a weird thing with uh, Square Enix kind of not really liking that. So that's the that's the problem with large review sites is that it you know it's not one vision, it's not one opinion. So you have to be really careful about who's writing the specific review. Like even if it's an IGN review, there's different people that are writing a review. Yeah, and there's also a lot of weird stuff here where this could apparently be part of the like the advertising company handling it. So it's just a weird situation of like just being very strange. <laughs> it's it's a lot of weird information that is coming from like a Norwegian publication, so it has to be like translated and then like clarified. So that and that's like from just before this. Yeah. That is a very Square Enix issue. <laughs> yeah, Square Enix has been taking a few steps back as a publisher recently. <laughs> like uh, they've always been weird. It was always been weird, but they had like the whole Square Enix collective thing. I'm just kind of not yeah, doing a ton. Uh, okay, so yeah, that that's our big news. PUBG has been banned by the government of China, so okay, no more PUBG <laughs> in China. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Madden and oh, this is fun. Madden NFL 21 has the lowest Metacritic score yeah, of yeah. all time. <laughs> yeah, because it's. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> That's just funny to me. That... I mean, you want to you want to talk about fans as something that'll just you know mm. take whatever crap they'll you know they're given. given. Like, yeah. holy crap! I don't understand. Like, I don't want to be mean when I say this, but I know I I understand playing sports games. It's like I love Tony Hawk and I love like any kind of extreme sports games. Like I I play basically every single snowboarding game that's ever come out. <sighs> But like those games come out once every like five years, <laughs> so it's not. Well, that's it's it's so weird that like there's so many people that just don't like there's so many obvious things. It's like it's very obvious that they're like copy and pasting the game. And you can literally see like if you're playing yeah. Madden 2021, you can see Madden 2020 like assets. I do in the remember game and stuff. that whole thing of like and it, the year just being wrong. It's just so it's so obvious. There's so many issues with it, and they're they're. I don't understand sports games fans. Like, I don't want to be mean. Like, if you like play sports games, like, more power to you. But I just, I, I don't understand how they could just be okay yeah. with any of this. <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. Absolutely. All right. So, other, like, little bit of news wrap-up. Dragon Ball Fighters is uh, hard going down on Rage Quitters. And you are liable to get a one-week ban pretty much immediately if you rage quit, and then up to a permanent ban if you continue to do it. So, it's the first fighting game that's like really cracking down on that, which is interesting to see. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, and we do have some. There is a, a major release, and by major I mean air quotes major remaster of Kingdoms of Amalur coming out next week on Tuesday. They're, Actually, they're it's the day this podcast comes out. If you're listening to this podcast, you can go check out Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning. Which is unfortunately named. <laughs> I, I've said this before. Anytime there's a there's a a franchise that hasn't been touched in a certain amount of years, and then a remaster comes out, that usually means 
uh, a sequel or well, they're making you know, an expansion to it. or something. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying is that usually if there's a remaster to a game that hasn't, you know, yeah. seen the light of day for a while, there's usually a, a new game coming down the pipeline. And the the interesting thing specifically with Kingdoms of Amalur is that it's one of those games that you think will just never have a chance of appearing again because of how the studio that originally did it closed down because they were sued by the state of Rhode Island. That's a whole... Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it was, that's it was a Kurt whole, Schilling, if, the football player, started a game studio. No, uh, baseball. He's a Red oh, Sox yeah, yeah, pitcher. Yeah, baseball. Uh, started a studio, and they made it. They were going to make an MMO, they made Kingdoms of Amalur kind of with some of the original assets from that MMO, but made it as like a prequel. So it, it has some of the like MMO trappings and the map is very MMO-y. It's very like high, large scale, high fantasy. The art style is very similar to World of Warcraft. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, a slightly more modern World of Warcraft in look, at least compared to when it released. Right now, World of Warcraft looks more modern. Part of the problem is they there was a lot of talented people working on that game, and, and part of the reason was they were just buying talent and not yeah. doing anything with them for the longest time. So they lost so much money just by hiring so many talent. Well, because they were working on that MMO and this at the same time, and and spending so much money, they like they were I think a million dollars in debt by the time they they had to get closed, and yeah, they just went bankrupt because they'd asked the state of Rhode Island for a loan to start the studio. Or to, or to do something happened. with development and they couldn't pay it back. So the studio just what, completely shut down. What happened is a great series on YouTube that like covers stuff like this. Yeah. And they have a, he has a whole episode dedicated to it. You should, it's, a, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> the stuff I want to dive into this, I, I, I need to like look up and figure out like how did the remaster, I think the remaster is being done by Microsoft. How did they get the license? Like, the Kingdoms of, no, no, I think it's THQ Nordic that owns the license, isn't it? Uh, let's find out who's who's I'm sure from Rhode Island. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's uh, THQ Nordic. It is. It's THQ Nordic, um, and it's being the developer of this is Kaiko, who has done Legend of K Anniversary and Dark Siders War Mastered uh, Red Faction. Red Faction. <laughs> so they've done a few good like anniversary editions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did the remaster of Red Faction Gorilla. And big, huge games, which has only worked on Rise of Nations before this. <laughs> so, I'm like half convinced you're making some of these names up, man. <laughs> it's it's a weird situation of like this is a company that made a remaster of a strategy game now working on an, a remaster of an RPG, and it's apparently getting Kingdoms Emerald will be getting a new DLC expansion. <laughs> what the hell, man? Which is very weird. weird. Uh, and it's also, the nice thing is, this remaster is 50% off if you already own the game. Oh. And that stacks with the launch discount. So if you own the game already, it's 60% off on launch. Pretty cool. Which is uh, very nice. I'll probably definitely be picking this up, because I used to love the game. Um, it's a great RPG, if you're into high fantasy. Although it is a little more narrative, or like, na- not narrative, but dialogue heavy. And exposition it's- heavy. And it's not a it's not an open world RPG. Think of like no, something is. like Mass Effect. No, it's not. Well, not like one. It's not like Skyrim, like one interconnected. Yeah, thing. it is it's more like. For the no, most part, there there are a few locked off areas, but there the world is a big open world. Huh. Yeah, you're misremembering something there. <laughs> I I guess I am. Um, I you might be thinking you do have to cross through a city at one point, and the, crossing through that city is the only way to get to the other half of the map. 
but yeah, it it is for the most part open world. Uh, it might be that it, it's structured similarly to like Mass Effect Andromeda, where it has like a few big areas that are locked off, or like Witcher Three kind of does a similar yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a good good uh, comparison. I think we're like I think there's one area that you can't access without like fast traveling, but yeah, Skellige you have to fast travel to. Yeah. So all right, we've we've covered all of our topics this week. Uh, we were gonna do a discussion about nostalgic games, but seeing as we're already an hour and a half in, we don't really have time to do that. <laughs> and I still have, have homework time. to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna go ahead. Wish everyone a good night. Uh, we we still have to do some shoutouts. We still have to do some closing words. But you know, we all can agree that Marvels was the worst beta of, of the <laughs> So at least you can feel confident in that. The game apparently a lot better. <laughs> apparently I really guess. fun if you're just into Marvel. I feel like I feel like this. I mean, obviously it's not the same, but I feel in a very similar position where like. No one thought the Sonic movie was going to be good, and then I kept hearing it was good, and I'm like, I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I'm in a very <laughs> similar like, position. I, I, I'm in a very similar position. People are like, whoa, this game's not that bad. I'm like, I don't believe you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to shoutouts now. And you know what? We're going to start with Ben, because he's at the top <gasps> of the list. Uh, shout out to Crusader Kings 3, because it's really fun, and I really want to play it nice. right now. <laughs> Brett, you're next. And it oh, was free. God. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, Final Fantasy V for having the number five in it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at what like in the beginning, middle of playing it. It's pretty good. I, I don't don't touch that that Steam port, man, because that is the most ugly, disgusting looking game I've ever seen in my life. Just emulate it or play it. On <laughs> Let's do literally anything PS1. else. Literally, it's so ugly. <laughs> the, the original game looks fine. Yeah. I guess if you're into pixel art. All right. I'm going to give my shout out to uh, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, which still plays extremely well and is uh, really, really fun, but it's you can't get it literally anywhere. So hope you had a copy. But it's really fun if you do. <laughs> Tess, you're next. Oh, um, shout out to my friend John for making really good burgers that I had to mute myself to eat because the noises that I was making wouldn't have been good for the podcast. It was a, it was a big burger. I was struggling. Mm. What? You're the uh, only one left. Uh, that means well, you have to be the most impressive. Uh, you really do. I have two shout-outs, two quick ones. Uh, my original shout-out was, since we're on the subject of uh, remasters, uh, the highest graphical setting in a uh, the Crisis remasters called Can It Run Crisis, which I thought was funny. But also, another quick shout out to uh, one of my uh, sound foam panels just fell off the wall while I was talking. So shout out to that as well. Nice, nice. And I'm gonna have to put, I'm gonna have to put that back up, so that'll be fun. Yeah, you gotta go punch that panel. Put it in its place. You know. Do it before <laughs> and while you put literally that panel put in it in its place, place, we're gonna play the outro. We're gonna get out of here, you guys. The podcast launches on Anchor and YouTube every Tuesday morning at 7am and on YouTube it's there too hope you have a good night morning, go drink some coffee (laughs) at 9.30 yes morning drink coffee no matter what time it is don't let Wyatt judge you